Discipleship, following Jesus, is as simple as your next step of obedience. Everybody's going, give me more information, and Jesus is going, give me more obedience, mm-hmm. right? So, and it's, and it's tricky in modern time yeah. because, I mean, you can listen to the best preachers in the world, right, uh, on your phone. Mm-hmm. So we got all the information in the world. Right. What, what we need, we don't need more information. What yeah. we need is more obedience. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Well, hey, welcome to the podcast. We are in the book of James, Chad. We're talking about relationships and we're talking about all the wisdom that James offers, which... The book of James, which if you're like, well, the book of James, the person of James, a lot of times the books of the Bible are named after the person who wrote it or who they wrote it to. And so James is written by the half-brother of Jesus, and he's talking about just like a cookbook, right? Like a recipe. You do this, you, you do, do this, this, you get this. You get this in your relationships. If you want to have healthy relationships, which is a sign of, hey, we're followers of Jesus, we'll be known by our love one for another, we'll be known by our relationships. And he talks about this idea of application. Now, you grew up in church, and you grew up in a more traditional church, and there was a lot of information that was downloaded, that was shared, that was – and when I say downloaded, it it was taught. Um, Lots of people had lots of information, but there was a gap for a lot of people, especially in this church period, if we look back at 80s, 90s, and of course, it's always been around in the history of the church, but where it was more emphasis on information, less emphasis on application. So you had people going, I want to go deep. I want to learn more. I want more information. Yeah. Uh, but they were jerks to people. And where did that get us as the church? Where did that get us culturally? Where did that get us relationally? It didn't get us very far. Well, it got Jesus put on the cross. Yeah. So so let's just see, when you're talking about the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. let's just go 2000 years ago, yep. where the religious leaders of the day had the most information. They were experts That's right. in the Torah, in the Jewish law. And yet these are the guys they could quote it all in Hebrew. They knew it all. Yep. Oh, yeah. These are the guys that put Jesus on the cross. Yeah. So uh, you can have lots of information and be brilliant at missing the point. Mm-hmm. Um, can't see the forest for all of those trees. Mm-hmm. Right. So thus your point a moment ago, uh, Jesus said the world will know you by your loved one for another, which means the world will know Jesus followers by the quality of their relationships. Mm-hmm. Well, how's that working for us? Mm-hmm. Right. I know of a pastor. Uh, let me just go. Uh, yeah, let me just go hard on this. Okay. I know of a pastor who had an affair, mm. and so uh, he was not repentant, and his board uh, removed him from his leadership position in the church, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some things, Robert, that you or I can do that would disqualify us from the seats that we sit in here at Sun Valley. Am I a sinner? Yes, I am. But there's some sin that would disqualify me, at least for a season. And so this guy was having an affair. Um, they took him out of his leadership position, which is right and good and biblical, and wanted him to repent so that eventually he could be restored, if not at that church, another church. Uh, but he was unrepentant. So he winds up staying with this person that he had an affair with and goes down the road and starts another church. And guess what his first series was? The Horseman of the Apocalypse in Revelation. Yeah. Right? Okay. 
Now, that's really interesting, mm-hmm. right? Revelation is a book that we could study in depth from now till Jesus comes again. And debate it and wrestle with all the metaphor and what's literal and what's figurative and what is the meaning behind it and what order does it all take place in and what's happening in modern times and how does that apply to this and what is the deeper meaning behind the seven churches, you know, or whatever it is. You could, yeah, you could spend forever. There's libraries of books written on this one book. Well, churches have split over all that. Mm -hmm. And and the reason is we don't really know. Mm -hmm. Um, We're trying to make sense of something that the writer John didn't understand. He, Mm -hmm. He was doing the best he could, inspired by the Holy Spirit to write down when he was what he was seeing. Uh, I love what Larry Osborne mentor to me says. He says, you know, when it comes to revelation, I'm not going to argue too hard on anything. He said, because I'm not on the planning committee. That's right. Right. I don't know how the end's going to go down. Mm-hmm. Totally. I have some ideas. I'm not on the planning committee. And then when he says, when I'm on is the welcoming committee, I'm yeah. just trying to help as many people go <laughs> to right. heaven as, as possible. And what you need to know, I'm just going to sum up revelation in case anybody cares to, to listen here. Uh, Jesus wins. Yeah. That's, that's the point. We don't have to be afraid Jesus wins. In the end, God's going to conquer sin and death and hell and the grave, and everything's going to be gravy from there on out. There yeah. you go. And and so, and, and I'll follow up with that. And so you want to be on his team. That's right. Yeah. You want to be on the winning team. Um, my point. So this is a person who is outside the will of God, who people continued to follow uh, because he taught about interesting things that are in the Bible that have nothing to do with our character Uh or, frankly, following Jesus. Uh You can be an expert in your eschatology, that's the study of the end times, and just be a royal jerk and not know Jesus. Uh And so information doesn't change our lives. Uh, Information plus application, which always is relational, leads to transformation. And the goal that Jesus has for your life and mine is to conform us, mold us, shape us into his image in the realm of character. Mm-hmm. And so how do you know a Jesus follower? Well, they're getting better relationally. Yeah, They will know you, Jesus said, by your love one for another. Love God, love people. Jesus says, I'm going to sum up all the Old Testament, all the law, all the prophets. It's love God, love people. And so, yeah, the the indicator of Christian maturity, it's not even gifting. It's it's love. Oh, yeah. And and when I say gifting, I, I even mean spiritual gifting. So to go back to Paul writing to Corinth, he's going, hey, you could – he talks about spiritual gifts. And he says, you could have the gift of prophecy. You could speak in tongues. You could give everything that you have. You could do all of that. But if you don't love – like you're obnoxious. You're a you're a clanging symbol. Yeah. First Corinthians thirteen. Yeah. And and so that that is the the end goal is that we become like Jesus. Well, what is Jesus? Jesus is is love. God in his very nature is love. And Jesus is the perfect picture of love. And so that's what he's conforming us into. And the way that you do that is not by more information, it's by more application. Mm-hmm. It's by taking what you know. A lot of times people go, I just want to learn more. I want to go deeper. Uh, deeper is in the in the character of your relationships. Deeper as you give, you serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to get to know Jesus, forgive something somebody's done to you that is seemingly unforgivable. Mm-hmm. And in that process, you will become more like Jesus because that is the essence of his character. Um, there is a deep security that will grow in you. Uh, you'll have an understanding of grace that you never had before. Uh, you will love Jesus more than you ever thought was even possible. It will radically change you. And so everybody thinks, you know, it's information when Jesus says 
the fruit of the Spirit is what he's looking for. You judge mm-hmm. a tree by its fruit. Mm-hmm. And then later on, the Apostle Paul would write in the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This whole thing is about character. Yeah. So your your body, anybody who's listening, it, it is a picture of a spiritual reality. So when it comes to healthy, you know, how do I take care of my your body? Your body. Your body. Okay. Your physical body. So think about all the different, you know, this magic pill, this fad diet, this whatever. At the end of the day, it comes down to diet and exercise. Like if you want to be healthy, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now, diet and exercise, those okay, are two wait, really wait important things. So I, I read this little thing from Arnold Schwarzenegger uh-huh. every day. I talk to Jesus too, just in case anybody's wondering. But, <laughs> and, then, but, and then you listen to Arnold? This is a little, no, it's a little five-minute thing he sends out. And he is just beating that drum. Is he? He's like, carbs are okay. I won bodybuilding competitions. I was Mr. Olympia eating carbs. He's like, you got to burn more than you take in, eat mm-hmm. quality food, exercise, and just relax. Yeah. Right? So I love that because I need that. Okay. Sorry. Well, I think, let, let's quote Arnold here. I think there's a spiritual reality behind that too. You want a healthy diet. You want to have good information coming in. So it's not that information is bad or information yeah. is wrong. Um, there, there is bad information out there. But but truth is truth, and we want truth in our lives. We want to know God's word. We want to know what Jesus taught, what he modeled. Uh, we, we want to have a constant influx of truth into our lives because I promise you there is an influx of lies into your life through culture, all of that. So healthy diet. Also, exercise. <laughs> you want to you put it into action. You want to put it into practice. You want to you flex the forgiveness muscle. You want to work out all of those different parts of our relationships and, and the spiritual side of things because that's what creates health. Diet and exercise, same thing's true spiritually. So it's yeah. not that information is bad. If you like to study, you like to understand what it was originally written and who the audience was and how they understood it, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. But don't just live there. Because if all you do is diet, and you do no exercise. All you do is just put food in, put food in, even good food. If you never exercise, you're going to get really unhealthy. So it's diet and exercise. Yeah. So this past summer, I uh, read a book that was written in the 16th century. Mm-hmm. It's called Justin Martz. Our resident professor recommended it to me because a lot of the, uh, relational theology in it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I had to do this paper because he's working on his PhD. I, I had to, or his doctorate. I, he said, I, I had to do this paper. And so I, I, you know, and I thought you would really enjoy this book. And I'm reading this from a, from a Puritan, mm-hmm. right? Writing this in the 16th century. And it's exactly what we're talking about right now in this mm-hmm. podcast. So this has been true for thousands of years. Um, you know, sometimes... I'm criticized, me, in the religious world because I compress things and try to make them simple Mm -hmm. so that people can understand them. And the reason that I do that is because I'm a pastor, Yeah, right? I'm I'm just trying to lovingly lead people to the truth. And in our congregation, you know, we have mechanics and we have millionaires and everybody in between. I mean, I, you know, I'm talking to people. Yeah. And there's just something weird in the church world. Even from people, Robert, that sit in our seats, like we've got to impress everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times when somebody says, give me something deep, I'll say, what do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. They don't know. 
Um, what they want, <laughs> what they want is information they never heard before that they can't mm-hmm. do anything with, and then that way they're not accountable. If you want something deep, go home and love your wife. Mm-hmm. Go home and apologize to your kid that you've been a jerk to. Go give and serve, forgive, sacrifice yourself, uh, live your life not for yourself but for God and people. When you start doing those kinds of things, you're starting to follow Jesus. If there's no sacrifice, no giving or serving in your life, and you're a Bible expert, you are in sin. Yeah. Yeah. Man, when you, as you're talking, what you just said is so clear, which is why I think we use the word deep because it's not clear. Like deep even just it, means muddy. Yeah. Even as you said, that, that's a great way of saying it. We're sitting in a room right now where we film our podcast. And this room, I just had this flashback moment. This is years and years ago. I was sitting with a group of young adults and we we're talking about the future of young adult ministry. And they all, every single one of them said, we want, we want to go deep. I want to go? I said, "All right, guys." So I got there was a big whiteboard in the room. I said, "Tell me what you mean by deep." And they all started throwing out things. Some of them were literally opposites, like couldn't be further <laughs> ends of a spectrum. And this person said that would be deep, and this person said that would be deep. And so we just, I just let them get it all out. And then we looked at that list and went, "This is the most confusing, convoluted, opposite, contradicting list we could come up with." And and it's because it's it's a lot easier to go, "Let's just go deep," than it is to go, "Let's go forgive somebody," "Let's go love somebody." So here's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, do you want to really grow mm-hmm. or do you just want to be entertained? Because mm-hmm. I think what you mean by deep is you want to be edutained. Mm-hmm. Give me some education, right? Yep. Something I haven't heard before yep. that I find fascinating. Okay. You can do that all day long, every day of the week, and twice on Sunday and not lots, grow an inch. Lots of really interesting things in the Bible. Lots of Oh, there's really some crazy crap in the yeah, Bible. Sure you, could, you could talk about the Nephilim yeah, forever. And go. let me help you. Nobody knows what that is. <laughs> I said We're, the we guy, are totally clueless. Yeah, Old Testament scholar, and I'm like, explain the Nephilim to me. And he goes, I, I can't. <laughs> that's, because it, that's because he's actually studied it, yeah, right? He, People that have figured it out haven't studied it. Yep. Uh, but there's all kinds of trivial oh, – okay, this is – Hear everything I'm about to say. If if you're watching an Instagram post right now, watch the whole freaking post, okay, before you comment. Um, There are a lot of things that are trivial in the Bible, meaning they won't get you into heaven. They won't change your Mm -hmm. life. They're just interesting, okay? And we want to spend a ton of time on that stuff because we don't want to be accountable. We don't want to grow and we don't want to change. Maturity happens in your life when you take the basic principles that Jesus taught in the midst of painful times in your life and apply them. And when that happens, you will radically grow. It's like miracle grow on the fertile soil of your life. That's when you change. Jesus takes the entire Old Testament law and prophets says, love God, love people. And then in the greatest sermon ever preached, which you've, if you've never been to church, you've never read the Bible, you've heard things from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. He takes all of this truth of scripture and he condenses it and goes, let me explain what this actually means. Mm-hmm. And he walks through relationships. He walks through, what do you do when you have an enemy? What do you do? And he, he goes through all these different areas of life. And and again, the most important thing at the end of the day, it's our relationships. And he's unpacking what those truths look like applied into our lives. And then he wraps up the sermon and he said, he gives this analogy. He gives this picture after he just got done. And the sermon's not that long. You could read the whole thing in like eight, 10 minutes. Then at the end of it, he goes, okay, those who hear my words and do what I say, like actually apply them, do what, do what the words say to do. They're like a person who builds their house on the rock and the storms are going to come. Life's going to happen. And when the rain comes and the, the waters rise and the wind blows and all of that, that house is going to stay strong. Those who just hear, merely hear my words, just hear them and go, wow, that's interesting. Wow. That's, that's really good. Jesus, man. Oh, 
That's a really good thought. He says, those are like people who build their house on the sand. And guess what? Rain's going to come and that house, it's going to be a mighty disaster. That thing's going to come crashing down. And so you choose if you're going to build your house on the rock and you're going to build your house or you're going to build your house on the sand. And the difference is application. So greatest sermon ever preached. And he ends it going, if you actually apply this, <laughs> your life's going to be 100%, 180 different. It's, it's rock good. solid. Yeah, it is. Your foundation will not be shaken by a little bit of rain and wind. Yeah. Or if you just want to go, wow, that was good. That was deep. That was good information. <laughs> that Jesus is funny. Yeah. Oh, man. That was, I never thought of it that way. Wow. I guess, yeah, that would be adultery if I lust effort. Oh, good thought, Jesus. He's going, if that's all you get out of this, your, your whole life is going to come crashing down because that foundation's not going to hold. Okay. So let's just go with that sermon. Yeah. Right? So you want to grow? Love your enemies. Mm-hmm. Election season's coming up. You want to grow? Love your, Love your enemies. Oh, wait a second. Bless those who persecute you. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. You, you, you want to grow? Stop committing adultery in your heart. Stop. Repent, repent from that. Yeah. Stop uh, trying to serve God and money. You can't serve both. And, and stop being anxious about tomorrow and worrying about things that don't actually matter at the end of the day. Trust that God has you and he's going to take care of you. Yeah. Jesus, when he says these things, those are really tall order commands. Yeah. I mean, those things require the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And we're all sitting around going, tell me more about the horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. Come on. Are you a follower of Jesus? Are you just a church person that wants to be edutained? Mm-hmm. Following Jesus is what changes your life and the lives around you. Discipleship, following Jesus, is as simple as your next step of obedience everybody's going, give me more information. And Jesus is going, give me more obedience. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and it's, and it's tricky in modern time yeah. because I mean, you can listen to the best preachers in the world, right. Uh, on your phone. Mm-hmm. So we got all the information in the world, right. what, what we need, we don't need more information. What yeah. we need is more obedience. Yeah. It's, it's so easy to, I think, Chad, part of the reason why we want more information is it's an out, right? It's a it, it's it's a cop out. It's a way I can kind of circumnavigate this big thing that God's put right in front of my life that I know He's wanting to work on in my life. Man, that's that's going to take some courage. That's going to take some some real <laughs> some real faith. I think I need deeper understanding <laughs> so before I, I obey. Yeah. First, I'm going to go down this path and explore this deeper thing, right? Before yeah. I come back to this obvious thing in my life. Uh, but I think for for some of us, it's easy to get overwhelmed and go, "I am so far." From Jesus, and the longer you follow Jesus, the more you'll realize how far we actually are from him. <laughs> and it's oh, yeah. it's further than you think. Um, but it's overwhelming to go. I can't change everything in my life. To your point, what is your next step of obedience? What's the one thing you know God wants you to do? And what can you trust Him with today? Yeah. And 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 if you're going uh, to quote the great movie, what about Bob? Baby steps to the elevator, right? Like let's, <laughs> let's at least start taking some steps and going, okay, Jesus, I'm going to trust you today with this relationship in this way. Jesus, I'm going to trust you today when it comes to my finances. I don't want it to have a hold of my life. I'm going to trust what the Bible teaches about that. I'm going to trust you today when it comes to what I allow my mind to dwell on and what thoughts I allow to take root and to, and to ponder. I'm going to trust you with that. I could do that today. Start there. That's discipleship. And I believe God would go, now we're going deep. Now we're, now we're actually the thing that you keep saying you want, now we're doing it. Yeah. When your life becomes less and less about you, you're growing. Mm-hmm. If your life is 
I'm a little fat sheep over here that needs to be fed again. Mm-hmm. Grow up and feed yourself, mm-hmm. right? If if I let my four-year-old for the rest of his life, I've got to make his peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> At some point, you're like, dude, make your own peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm mm-hmm. saying that to my 14-year-old. Your mom doesn't have to make a sandwich for you, bro. Um, and we're not cutting the crust off either. Well, and there's all of these examples. And, and let me give the other side of the coin. I want everybody to grow. Mm-hmm. I, I read lots of books written by guys who died a long time ago from the 16th century. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's not an unusual thing for me. I love that. My mind works that way, but not everybody's like that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when Jesus evaluates my life, he's not going to go, Chad, Chad, how, how many books did you read? Yeah. How many? Chad, 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 how many verses can you quote? <laughs> Chad, 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 how, how many? You know, he's not going to do that. He's going to say, uh, was the fruit of who I am evident in your life? Yeah. Uh, did you love and lead your family well? Uh, are you bringing anybody with you home here? To heaven, mm-hmm. right? The, the evaluation of my life is not going to be about information. It's going to be about obedience. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be the, what is the fruit in your life? It's going to be the application. That's what we're going to be judged on. And, and that's not a fear, scare tactic. That's just the reality of, okay, if, and, and here's what I love about James is he doesn't mess around with this topic. He goes, okay, if you have, if you say you have faith, but there is no evidence of that faith in your life. You love it. Yep. Then, then that faith is not a living faith. It's a dead faith. I mean, he can't say it any clearer. He goes, okay, a lot of people go, well, I got faith in God. Do you? Yeah, there is a difference. And this, this is a saying that's gotten popular over the past few years, and I love it. There is a difference between being a fan mm-hmm. and being a follower, mm-hmm. right? Followers are about obedience Fans are about more information. That's right. And it is that simple. And it could be some of us today, you're hearing this podcast, you just flat out need to repent Mm -hmm. because you would say, if you were really honest, you're a fan, not a follower. Yeah. And so get off the fence, get Get in the the game. game. Yep. Yeah. So one verse, and and we can end on this thought, uh, one verse that is shocking the first time you ever hear it, the first time you ever read it, is that uh, the demons believe and they shudder. The demons have the right information. The demons have more knowledge than, than you and I have. They understand history. They understand the Bible. They, they could quote the verses, and they shudder at the reality of who Jesus is and what he's doing. They are, they are information heavy, and they are application empty. And, and so if you're going, oh, but I know so much, and I know I have all this information. Jesus says, people will look at me in heaven and go, Lord, Lord, did we not you know, do all of these things? And he's going to go, I I don't, I don't even know, know you. you. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, again, not meant to be a fear tactic, but a sobering tactic of do not miss. The Bible is clear because Jesus loves us. Do not miss the reality that faith without actions is dead, not meaning that actions save you. Actions do not save you. Faith saves you. But faith always has action that follows. There, there will be fruit of faith in your life. There will be evidence of faith. If I truly trust in something, I'm going to lean into it. I'm trusting in this chair right now. I'm sitting on it, and I'm trusting that it's going to hold me up. There's an action. There's an object. I'm putting my trust. There's something happening. I don't just say, oh, I have mental assent that that chair will hold me. I'm putting my faith into practice. As a follower of Jesus, if you truly have faith that he is God in the flesh who came to rescue us, Chad, we've talked about this on the podcast, to provide a way for us to be in relationship with God for all eternity, that he has shown us the way, the truth, the life to come to the Father, but also to experience life to the fullest, life abundantly. If you truly believe that, there will be some fruit in your life.
there, there will be enough evidence to convict you of being one who trusts and follows Jesus. Biblical faith is this, to believe is to trust and to trust is to obey. Uh-huh. If there's no obedience, there's no real belief. Yeah. So. Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> let's trust That's him. James. Yeah. yeah. Let's trust him. Whatever that next step is that, that God's put in front of you, uh, can you trust him today to take that step? Chad, can you, uh, I feel like we got to pray. I feel like we got to wrap up with. That's, that's always a good idea yeah. to pray. Can you pray for why us? Don't you, why don't you pray for sure. us? Sure. Thank you, to. Robert. Come Holy Spirit. I pray that you would, uh, in the midst of all the different thoughts and distractions, maybe someone's driving down the road right now, um, whatever's going on in our, our minds, uh, I pray that Holy Spirit, uh, you would, you would part the clouds of the fog in our minds and uh, you would just clearly reveal in this moment, what's a step that, that we can take today to trust you, to follow you, to apply the truth that, that we know. I, I know that if we gave a, a quiz of, <laughs> is this something God that you've called us to do? Uh, we, we'd get a pretty high score on that. Um, I pray that it wouldn't just stop at knowledge. Uh, I pray that we'd be able to apply it. And as we do that, God, we would see that that you are good. Um, God, that your ways are better than our ways, uh, that our relationships would be impacted by that, that people would be drawn to you by our application, by loving people the way that you've taught us to love, the way that you've modeled for us to love. I pray that we wouldn't be information heavy and application light, uh, but I pray that we would have a balance of of diet and exercise when it comes to our, our faith, that we would, uh, we would be continually learning from your truth, but we would be applying that truth in our everyday lives and in our relationships. We need your help with this. You know, God, our hearts are prone to wander. Um, our minds are uh, susceptible to try and justify inaction and exchange action for information. God, would you help us to, uh, to simply obey, to trust you? Guide us in that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.